Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox. And today we have a podcast discovery call. Now, what this means and what this is, is a little insight into what I do for prospective clients that want to get to know me a little bit more and how I help them discover the root cause of their fertility issues. So thank you for those in the community that wanted to come on and share their story and get a little insight into their own journey. There's more information down in the show notes how you can be a part of this. So without further ado, here's today's special guest. Um, So I got your form. Um, Thank you for sending that over. But why don't you tell me a little bit about um, your fertility situation right now? Right now, it's um, I I I had my last cycle. I had a miscarriage, Um, so I guess I'm just waiting a cycle, and we're gonna try again. It's really where I'm at. Um, I I don't know. I just. I don't want to go into IVF because of the cost and I feel like no one can tell me what's wrong and there's something something's got to be wrong and it's got to be fixable so that's kind of where I'm at I'm like dragging my feet everything yeah so you're dealing with reoccurring miscarriages right that wasn't your first one um no it wasn't this that was my fourth your fourth I'm so sorry for that um yeah, it's a lot to take on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And um, you are you on thyroid medication? I'm not. Um, I got, I sent in, there's this place where I live and they check like, um, they do a hair mineral analysis. So I did that to see like if I had like heavy metals and stuff. Um. And everything turned out pretty good. And um, so I went to go talk to this, like, guy who does it. And um, he looked at my blood levels because um, I did get a thyroid panel from my, like, general part, um, uh, doctor. Because, um, like, my fertility clinics, all they would test for was TH, TSH. Mm-hmm. So I asked my regular doctor to look into it more and um he ran um a bunch of stuff and they he told me there he said you are low low thyroid like my t4 and t3 were low he said but I would have a hard time finding a doctor to take that level low like where I'm at okay 
Um, did that test have the antibodies, the thyroid antibodies with it? Um, it's, um, it could have, I can look real quick. Is that like, um, anti-globulin maybe? Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's it. Yeah, I did have that checked. Um, okay, yep, I have that. Um, it was under one. My value was under one. Okay. And um, was there any of the antibodies? So there's the thyroglobulin antibodies, the TGAB. Um and then there's the, the TPOAB would be another one. Okay. I did get thyroid paradoxus AB. Uh-huh. Um, that was under one, two. Under one, two. Okay. Okay. So that's good to know. That's um, that it doesn't seem. And what was your TSH just out of curation or curiosity? Uh my TSH was 1.67. 1.67. Okay. I mean, so it's still with fertility, what you want to see is 0.5 to two. So, um, you are within range for that. Um, okay. so you, and what was your, uh, did they do the free, free T4 and free T3? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And what were those my, ranges? My T4 was 0.65 and my T3 was 2.6. 2.6. Okay. They might have been, what, what was like, what was it measured in? Um, those were PG slash ML. No. Okay. Yeah. This, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so a, a potential thyroid issue, but it's great that you have had a full thyroid panel and that there isn't anything necessarily screaming at us that, um, that is like, um, somewhere to hyper-focus on, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah. oh, looking over the intake form that you sent me, this is like one out of four, I think that, um, like my one-to-one -one clients and people who join the for formula get, um, I do see, um, that, you know, the kind of infections seems to be like kind of on the high side. Is this something like, do you deal with ear infections and, um, sinus infections quite often? I mean, I just, I feel like I get sick often, like, um, I don't know, like I can get a cold in the middle of summer, mm -hmm. like a head cold. I just, I'm not sure. I feel like I just, I get sick frequently. I feel like. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, it's like really weird because a lot of people think when you're, um, 
dealing with like an elevated immune system that you should never get sick. But I was the same way. Like I had, I uh, was always sick, like, but functioning sick, right? <laughs> like you're not like yeah. sick in bed all the time. But um, especially when I lived in a, um, an area um, in the United Kingdom that was really low level and um, the weather would like sock, like get socked in a lot. Um, I had like chronic um, tonsillitis even though I had my tonsils removed when I was a kid. And um, I, for me too, like it would always be in the sinus area. Like if I'm, um, if I'm run down my throat and my nose and my ears, like are the first, my first warning sign, like, Oh, I've got a sore throat. And now with like the knowledge that I have, I'm like, okay, that's your body's sign saying that is really worn down and you need to start like taking a rest. Okay. So when we're dealing with these like chronic small little issues is actually like our body's way of saying like, Hey, you know, like this is too much for us. We're already elevated. There's already enough, you know, like inflammation going on. We can't actually support you anymore. So you're just going to get sick. Okay. <laughs> um, with your stomach issues, um, I know you put like constipation being kind of an issue. Um, what would, how do you feel about your stomach issues? Like, I don't, it, it really just depends on the day. Honestly, um, like sometimes I'm just completely normal and like other days I just feel bloated and I don't go to the bathroom or it's hard to go to the bathroom or Mm -hmm. uh, just it really depends on the day I feel like yep and have you been able to link this to anything you're eating um well over the weekend I had movie theater popcorn and I think that sent me like (laughs) yeah I don't know why um but I also had something out of the ordinary that I haven't had in a while, which was like just regular corn for dinner. And um, I don't know if it was that or the pop, the movie theater popcorn, but like I gained, like, I was just so inflamed and I weighed like four pounds more mm-hmm. for a couple of days. Yeah. I don't, so that was um, really my first time feeling that way though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so corn is one of the top, uh, food intolerances, um, that is just like one of the most common ones. Um, movie popcorn is like full of rancid oils as well, and is probably likely GMO, like the cheapest crappy corn you can actually buy (laughs) out there, even though it's probably the most expensive corn in the world, um, to buy. Um, so with movie popcorn or anything that you get, I, I consider the movies fast food, like there's nothing healthy in the movie theater, right? Like you get that like crazy nacho cheese, uh, movie popcorn sodas, and then just like a, a plethora of like really crappy candy. Um, so what it sounds like is that you probably have like low grade, 
um, gut issues. So just really um, like an unhealthy gut microbiome. You might be dealing with some leaky gut as well. Um, with your worry, I am as well with the nervousness and the nail biting. Um, do you consider yourself like an overthinker and um, just kind of like stress about things that maybe you shouldn't be um, stressed about? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm okay. Total <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately that alone can wreak havoc on your gut as well. So say if you're eating like the perfect diet or, you know, you're staying away from like a lot of inflammatory foods, just your stress mm -hmm. levels alone will cascade into gut issues. It will cascade into thyroid issues. Um, and it will cause inflammation because you're always at the state of flight or fight, right? You're always, your cortisol is okay. always pumping out, it's pumping out, it's pumping out. And so you're never okay. in recovery mode. You're always in like fight mode and just think, um, think of like going out for a run, right? There's, you reach a certain point where you have to stop because you're just like exhausted and you need that time yeah. to rest and recover. And then like, you can go for a little bit more depending on how, mm -hmm. how you're trained or how healthy your body is. I don't want to say healthy, but just like how, like, you know, you, how much stamina you have, right. Cause everyone's stamina is at a different level. So when you're always in flight or fight mode, or for the most part, always in flight or fight mode, your body just never has time to recover. And so with, um, with fertility issues, unfortunately, you're gonna, if you're, I mean, I've, obviously you need to be pre-positioned for this, right? So genetically, you're going to be predisposed to this. And this is why you see really unhealthy people get pregnant all the time, or people who are really similar to you not have issues. It's just the way your genetics are. And mm -hmm. the way that you're living your lifestyle is, um, like predicts how your genetics perform. And so because okay. you're always, or you're living your life, mostly being consistently stressed out. And, um, I mean, we haven't dived completely into your diet, but let's just say you're on like, just like a normal, typical standard American diet, right? Like you don't even need to be eating fast foods or junk food all the time. Like it could just be occasional things. Um, mm -hmm. it's still not enough to, um, be combating the inflammation, you know, it's contributing to the inflammation that's going on. And so that, those two combinations alone, um, will raise your inflammation. And if you do have leaky gut, that means that your, um, your immune system will be raised, your high natural killer cells or any other kind of system can raise and get wonky. And what happens when you have high inflammation as well is that your egg quality suffers because of it. Because mm -hmm. your eggs are a living cell and uh, they're, they're still a part of your body and they're still going to react to however your body is getting treated. I think a lot of the times, or I, I mean, I don't really know why, but for some reason in our history, it's been, we've been led to believe that our aid quality isn't connected to our health or isn't connected to us. 
Um, and it's just a matter of your age and then that's it, which still doesn't make any sense because it's still connected to you, right? Like if they're saying, well, it's an age thing, well then surely if it's connected to your age, surely it should be connected to your cellular health. And for the most part, the reason cellular health goes down is because of age with that natural progression. But for a lot of us in this modern world, we're, we're unknowingly causing a lot of um, oxidative stress. We're causing a lot of inflammation and that's having an impact on our egg quality. So women like you, and this was my story too. Um, I was super highly stressed out all the time. I was type A, always worried about things, always on the go. I had to be high achieving. Um, I was on the normal American standard diet and um, I had just normal and common health issues that the doctors were like, oh, that's IBS. Oh, that's your this, that's that, right? They weren't enough mm -hmm. to be um, diagnosed or me be in the hospital. But the way that I was genetically prone, it's it probably started affecting my fertility when I was like 17, if I'm completely honest. Okay. So um, it is a... Um, it's just really important to kind of get honest with yourself and say, where can I start making improvements? So mm -hmm. if you're able to even just right now, think of like, what's one thing that, you know, isn't serving you and that you can maybe start changing up. Okay. Um, and really just start from there of like, okay, what does my diet look like? Are there foods and start noticing? And that's great that you noticed it with the movie Popcorn. You know, are there foods that I eat that I don't feel good after? Like I'm either really sluggish or I get a little bit of bloating or I get cramping. Um, or for me, it was actually a few days later. So um, when I didn't know I was intolerant um, and I was eating these things like nightshades, which included tomatoes and paprika and healthy foods, two days later, I would get constipated. So I'd be fine. I'd be normal. I'd be normal. And then all of a sudden I would have constipation. And then, um, like a few days later, it would turn into diarrhea and then I'd be normal. I'd be normal. I'd be normal. So sometimes it's like a delayed reaction. Um, so okay. just keeping an awareness of like how you're feeling after you eat. And then obviously keeping awareness of, um, the stress levels. Maybe it's the stress that's impacting the constipation. Like, okay, I had a really stressful day two days ago and now I'm having difficulty. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So with the reoccurring miscarriages, um, um, depending on, obviously you want to do testing to rule out any like real medical issues. If there's DNA fragmentation on your husband's end, if you have mm -hmm. blood clotting issues on your end, um, there's a few yeah. different tests that, you know, I'm sure you have, um, investigated or hopefully, and if not, like, um, there's, um, I don't know if you've connected with the miscarriage hope desk. They have a really good free download if you sign up to their email that gives you a checklist of things that you can investigate with your doctors. Okay. Um, but from like a holistic um, point of view, which I still believe that women 
should try to improve to the best of their abilities, um, even if there are like, let's say medical um, situations that, you know, you can't change. Like if you have a clotting issue, you have a clotting issue, you need, you know, using medication to support that will, you know, help you. Uh, but right. from an inflammation point of view, which just on this one um, intake form that I see, I can see that there's definitely room for improvement and room for you to lower that inflammation greatly. And especially before you go to do a round of IVF, um, this is so incredibly important for your egg quality. Because what happens a lot of the time is... Um, you know, you get there, you collect the eggs, you have a good amount of eggs, and they, um, the maturity of them just drops off completely, even if you have like no inflammation, that's just how it works. And so we really want to maximize how many viable embryos you get. Um, because IVF is is obviously very costly, it's time consuming, it's physically demanding, and it's emotionally demanding. So you really right. want to um, go into that situation uh, feeling a lot more confident about the health of yourself and, you know, the health of your embryos. Right. Yeah. So it's really important um, to sometimes just slow down. I know we don't really feel time rich with, um, with our fertility journey, but um, right. yeah, especially with a big, a, a big thing like that, it's just really important. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Um, did you have any questions for me? Um, I guess, what do you suggest? Yeah, I mean, it's really finding the cause of the inflammation. I think there's a really, you know, like, obviously, the stress levels, like, what can we do? What are you going to connect with? that is gonna help you reduce those stress levels? Are you able to take yourself out of certain situations that are really stressful? If not, what practices can you put into place to deal with that stress? Like, so say your job, for instance, like if you cannot leave your job um, or if, even if you don't wanna leave your job, right? Like you love your job, but your job is stressful. Okay, then how mm -hmm. are we going to um, manage that stress when it comes up? Because the issue is the stress is always going to be there. But how you yeah. handle the stress is um, what impacts your body. So if okay. you can handle the stress better, like, so if you get into, I mean, there's so many, I, I don't know, like there's so many different things you can do and you just have to find one that resonates with you. There's emotional freedom tapping, there's meditation, there's like learning how to breathe correctly. There's journaling. Um, like obviously there's punching walls and like hitting things with bats, but that would have to be like in your right. private room. Um, but just recognizing it even when you get triggered and like taking yourself out like to the bathroom and doing 10 deep breaths can completely change what your hormones are doing how your brain's reacting how that cortisol is getting pumped out so just lowering that um so yeah definitely figuring out what your stressors are and finding ways to combat that 
with your diet, okay. it's always about um, finding your inflammatory foods. So I would say with that corn, that's probably one thing that's completely off the table for you. Um, and okay. then finding any other foods that are triggering through the elimination diet um, or using a food sensitivity test. Um, and then maximizing. So a lot of people are like, okay, I, I've got rid of my intolerances, but I'm still only eating like 20 foods where we want to see that diversity in your diet. Right. We really want to maximize right. that. Um, and that helps with the gut microbiome. Now, if you do have leaky gut, then um, you obviously want to use targeted supplementation, um, which is different for everyone. Um, but that can really just speed up the process, right? That's, that's when you use supplementation um, in any situation really is when you lower your inflammation and you have it at a pretty low point, then you use the supplements to help boost your natural abilities where a lot of us in the infertility world, we get it wrong, right? Like we're just going to use supplementation because that's going to improve our egg quality. That's where I'm on a prenatal and all those things where we still have all these high level of inflammation and oxidative stress. And so it just, it actually just becomes very expensive pee. Okay. Um, I would definitely um, give yourself time to heal. I think you've been through um, a lot more than society gives us credit for. Um, dealing with reoccurring miscarriages um, is just, yeah, it's really devastating. I mean, even just having one or two miscarriages we just, um, we don't get the proper support we need. We don't realize that we need time to grieve. You know, those were our babies. And um, so I think it's really important to give yourself the space and the time to, you know, heal from these things. Um, I'm not sure if you feel like you've been able to do that or had the support to do that. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so that would just be another thing to look, to look into. Um, and especially just give the pot, your body time. Um, especially moving into an IVF round, um, just make sure that, um, yeah, your body's just had time to recover from that because it, is a it's a bigger thing than most people think it is if that makes right. sense yeah. yeah yeah no I get it you know um I am just trying to think my first miscarriage um I actually it was a really weird situation because it was through um a frozen embryo transfer so um it was actually a mis miscarriage so the heartbeat um, wasn't discovered at seven weeks and they asked if I wanted to have a DNC and I declined, um, because I was just not, <laughs> didn't want anyone looking up my vagina anymore. Um, mm -hmm. but I didn't actually pass, um, the pregnancy for another two weeks. And so when it came on, I actually went into a mini labor to pass the sack, which no one warned me about no one you know said it was big enough um to actually do that um so that was like a like a 24-hour process and the next day 
I was like, okay, I'm feeling better. I'm just going to move on with life and went grocery shopping and did all these things. And I ended up in the hospital that night just due to excess bleeding and really overdoing it. Um, okay. I, think, I think I was fine, but obviously I didn't know, like I didn't have the support. So um, yeah, just giving your body time to relax and recover and heal and then um, taking the time to move into bigger procedures like IVF. IVF is a really big procedure. Um, and I, I don't, I think people just take it as, as it's not, but um, a lot of, I think a lot of people have issues with it because our bodies, um, for the most part, people using IVF um, who don't necessarily medically need it, like they're, um, their tubes are blocked or, you know, they, they need to extract the sperm to actually put it with the egg, you know, um, we're just dealing with a lot of inflammation, a lot of high anxiety. And then all of a sudden you're just pumped with a crazy amount of hormones to get your body to overdo what it needs to do. And, um, yeah, it could just be a little bit, a lot. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would be my suggestion, um, at, at the moment, just give your body time to heal, okay. really look at your stress levels, really get real with yourself, um, and start finding your food intolerances um, okay. and lower that inflammation. Okay. And that's just like through food. Yeah. Well, food and reducing your stress levels. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, look at, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I mean, you go to bed at a decent hour, which is great. I know you're up early. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, you know, I know how, how do you feel, um, through your sleep? Cause it does say like, you're not staying asleep. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel fine. No, I wake up a couple times, but I fall back asleep right away. Pretty easily. Okay. Um, and you know, sleep issues are just connected to, um, everything we just talked about as well. It's kind of like this vicious cycle. Um, but sleep is important because it is when your body detox and repairs itself. So it is, mm -hmm. it's not just like a thing we have to do. <laughs> it's like literally your body's like way to, um, get ready for the next day. Okay. And keep going. And our bodies are pretty amazing. Um, how, how much they can take, how much like, mm -hmm. um, like, I don't, like bad things, I guess that you can throw at it. And it, I think we have to realize that our bodies are always trying to heal and to recover. And if they weren't like, literally we would all be dead by now, <laughs> you know, especially in right. today's society, but it does get to a point where it's like, I can only do too much. Like you're not giving me the things that I need to do what I need to do. So now we're going to go into st a state of disease and there's going to be complications now. And sometimes, and fertility is one of the first things they let go because we don't need it to survive. Right. Okay. So mm -hmm. if it's like, I got to choose from your liver or I got to choose from your ovaries, I'm going to choose your liver because I need that to be alive where I don't need your, I don't need those aches. Right. Um, 
so so yeah um i do think um from just what i've seen obviously it's only a little snapshot into what's going on with you but um if you do get the right path for you which means the correct um stress support and getting on the right diet um it can really maximize your chances in the future and um i I actually have a client in the online course at the moment dealing with reoccurring miscarriages as well and one of the things we talked about was um she's not using medical you know she's not thinking about using medical assistance at the moment um so i i asked her just think about using protection for a a few months while you're trying to improve your health because what happens with functional fertility is that especially when you're kind of on the border of you can get pregnant but you can't stay pregnant is that your mm-hmm. health will start um, improving, improving, but you don't know where the line is where your health is gonna click in to be able to stay pregnant. So I have okay. had clients in the past keep trying to conceive, get pregnant and have a miscarriage, unfortunately. And as you know, it's it's not just a like, well, we'll just go for next month, right? Like we need time to heal and and recover from this. So if you're able to, and I know it's hard and I don't blame anyone for not doing it, but if you're like, okay, I'm going to commit to myself two months, three months of just focusing on my health and healing the places I need to heal, um, Mm -hmm. it could just really, you know, propel your, your, your timeline a little bit more right because you're not going to deal with another miscarriage okay and um I was going to say something else but I lost my train of thought um but that's just something to think about um because I know it's hard I know that's if yeah hard to say to someone all you want you know is that pregnancy right now and you feel like you're not doing anything to achieve that pregnancy if you're not trying where the fact of the matter is you're actually really increasing your chances um by just having that break oh what i was going to say is the stress of trying to conceive is so underestimated you know like let's just say you have your regular stressors of your life that we're not handling well at the moment and then you add on the stress of infertility is like a double whammy, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're like, okay, I don't have to worry about that because I've committed to whatever my timeframe is, even if it's just a month, like that stress just like literally kind of just goes away. And then you're able to focus on being able to handle other things and, you know, focusing on your diet. Like when you change your diet and you spend a lot more time in the kitchen. So you could be in the kitchen and you could be listening to podcasts or music or whatever inspires you and you're not overthinking things. And, you know, we talk about bringing joy back into your life because obviously infertility, um, we get so wrapped up in, in, in that, 
that we're not doing the things we love anymore. So you're like, okay, well, I don't have to think about this whole fertility situation. So I'm going to go out roller skating, or I'm going to go surfing because I, I'm, I know I'm not pregnant or, you know what I mean? Um, so, so that's just something to think of. I know it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I hope that's helped a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. But you, I mean, just, just following what I'm talking about, like on the podcast or in the emails or on my social media, you're already kind of opening the door that there's a different avenue. And I talk about trusting your intuition. Your intuition has already told you that IVF is there for support, but it's not your, it's not going to answer why this is happening. And you've already opened that door. So just follow your intuition and slowly creep in to the, right. the, the room, exploring things and seeing what resonates with you and, and always meet yourself okay. where you're at, right? Like, you know, even people who are, are, have diagnosis of full-blown autoimmune issues, I never suggest going on a full-blown autoimmune diet unless they've made changes before, because it is so restrictive. So you got to start where you're at. And that's the same with the stress level stuff. Like you are not going to be this perfect Buddhist monk meditator and handle every situation perfectly. It's going to take time. And it's just about consistency. Right. Good. I'm yeah. glad that this has helped a little. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. This is one of my um, ultimate favorite things to do is just help people see that there are different paths and that their normal and common health issues can be contributing to, you know, the big issue that we're, we're hyper-focusing on. So um, yeah, give yourself time, give yourself a little bit of grace. You've been through a lot. And um, yeah, you know where I'm at. So reach out with any um, questions or support and just keep us updated um, with your journey. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you so much. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.